What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one-and-done preview for this week's CJ Cup. Uh, a couple of housekeeping items at the top. If you're looking for the full DFS preview, that is available on youtube.com slash rickrungood. There's also a video out for uh, my top five sleepers right now. There will be a fades video later this week and also two live videos on Wednesday or two live streams on Wednesday, one for season-long fantasy golf. We're going to do a mock draft and one for uh, the, the regular Wednesday live chat uh, in in preview of the CJ Cup. If you're in the state of New Jersey and you've not signed up for a William Hill account yet, if you do so using the code RICK500 or go to rickrungood.com slash Hill, sign up through that, you'll get a $500 free bet. It is one of the best offers I've seen from William Hill uh, to date. That helps you. It helps me. It helps Will Hill. It's a win-win-win. Almost done the process with... Illinois, Indiana, and Colorado. So hopefully we'll be able to have uh, good offers for those states as well coming soon. I appreciate the support and uh, you get a little something out of it as well. Uh, We're going to go through the betting preview for this week's CJ Cup. We'll do head-to-head matchups. We'll update the run good one and done and talk about some one and done options for this week. Let's jump into it. All right, let's jump into the tournament predictor tool, which uh, with this very strong field, I've ramped up to 14 strokes gained as the target score to see the likelihood that these golfers can get to that winning score. And there is still plenty of value at the top. And the top is where the vast majority of my card uh, will be focused. I mean, I, I've I've been very clear about my thoughts and about the history of these types of events, whether they are, whether it's the CJ Cup, the Zozo, uh, WGC events. If you get a small field uh, with four guaranteed rounds, no cut, uh, it, it the studs tend to win. Um, that's that's generally what happens. There's a lot of them. You can characterize a lot of these guys as studs, but that's that's ends up what ends up being what happens. So there is plenty of value because all you know the first ten guys on the betting board all have generally the upside to get to the score that we expect is going to win, and with a field this deep, uh, they can get to that number more often than their implied odds dictate. So as an example, Dustin Johnson at 8.5 to 1, you know, Vegas and, you know, aggregate uh, odds kind of implying that he get he wins this golf tournament about 10.5% of the time. Well, if 14 strokes gained, is the number he needs to get to. Uh, I have him getting there about uh, 13% of the time. So there is about 2.5% of positive expected value. Rory McIlroy is over 3% in positive expected value. Patrick Cantlay, Colin Morikawa. Um, Justin Thomas is pretty fairly priced, but he's the guy that I'm personally going to be starting my betting card at. Um, I got him at 12-1, to 1, so he's the third favorite or third shortest odds on this board. And I started to do a little bit of research and I'll show you this here in the game logs. Um, you know, I went back from, for Justin Thomas, because as everyone knows, he is the, not only is he just a phenomenal T to green player. He's, he's one of the top two players, uh, in strokes gained T to green since the restart. He's one of the top players, uh, in strokes gained total since the restart. You can go back before that. He's just been great. 
he dominates these no-cut events, right? I think nine of his 13 PGA Tour victories have come at WGCs, the Century Tournament of Champions, the CJ Cup. It's just he he tends to thrive in these situations. So I went back and I was like, okay, you know, how like what are his historic odds at some of these events? And I just kind of scrolled through some of the 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 similar structured events. So WGC uh, if FedEx St. Jude, he was nine to one. He won that. Uh, you go back to WGC Mexico. He was 10 to one century tournament of champions. He was five to one CJ cup last year. And the Zozo, he was seven to one in each one of those tour championship. Now that was with the starting strokes. he led the way, uh, in 2019, he was two to one. Um, here's the only other time in the last three years that I could find his odds were actually longer in a shortened field, no cut event was the 2019 WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational. He was 16 to 1. So what I'm getting at with this is not only is he an absolute stud uh, by any metric that you want to do, not only is he playing well at the moment, he won six starts ago, he played well at the U.S. Open, but this is the second longest number on him in the last three years at similar type events, 12 to one. So, uh, I took it and I figured this is an opportunity I couldn't pass up. The value was too good. I respect what Dustin Johnson and John Rahm are doing, but uh, I could not pass up on the 12 to one number. And Justin Thomas led off my betting card for this week. Then I, you know, I have to turn my attention in most weeks. I would not try to get, uh, two of the, the shorter players, two of the guys at, the top, just because of the way I, I kind of do my betting strategy where I allocate, um, you know, I have a target winning number. I have the amount that I want to spend each week. So it's difficult to get two of the guys at the top. Um, but this week, I think you kind of, and I think this also aligns with uh, the, the the DFS strategy of kind of going with a little bit of a stars and scrubs approach. I think that the vast majority of the win equity is held within the top. 10 or 12 golfers on this, on this, uh, board here. So, uh, I, I've, I've tried to get Xander Shoffley at the best number I could. Now he's kind of held at this 14 to one number, similar as Rory McIlroy, which that's a conversation for a different day. Uh, but what Xander's doing right now is his floor is super high. Not only does he have like nine consecutive top 25s, not only, uh, are three of his, four wins on the PGA tour, uh, in no cut events. Not only did he win the, you know, win the raw scoring at the tour championship, but he had a fifth place finish at the U S open. I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal what he's doing. Um, can he win? Can he actually win the golf tournament? I think he can. Um, this is a rare opportunity where, you know, I kind of looked at his top five number three to one, and thought that that was interesting. I don't usually take some of the highest guys on the board and try to take them in top fives or top tens, right? I think it's kind of picking up nickels in front of a steamroller. But I, I've already got JT. I think that Xander's floor is incredibly high, uh, contends in this event quite often, probably more frequent than the three to one number in his top five. So, and he can kind of backdoor it, right? You know, we've seen him catch fire on, on Saturdays and Sundays and fly up the leaderboard. If he plays himself out of it a bit over the first couple of days. So, um, I, I haven't, because the number has held 
strong the, the the 14 number i haven't bet it outright yet but i did already get him top five so i might turn it into my own little uh you know manual each way bet with xander shoffley um because i really like what he's doing i just am, am wrestling with having a guy at 12 to 1 a guy at 14 to 1 because it's very uncharacteristic for me um is there credence to trying to go get you know, Matthew Wolf at 22 to one. Um, unfortunately, I think you're paying the absolute premium on Matthew Wolf right now. If he is as good as I believe that he is, and I think he's going to be for a long time, I'm not sure you need to bet him in a very deep field like this. Um, when, uh, you know, when he's coming off just back to back to back, like excellent finishes, right? I think you're just paying an absolute premium for him right now. I think you're going to get a lot of opportunities to bet him at 25, 30 to one in future weeks and, and, and similar strength fields. Uh, and, and I think I'm willing to, to wait. Um, you know, is there, is there any credence to going back to someone like a Colin Morikawa, a Hideki Matsuyama, who both missed the cut last week, uh, but didn't play poorly, right? I mean, seven under was the cut line last week. It was a historically low cut line. You can't give these guys too much issue for shooting five or six under par and missing the cut. I, I think they're. I think the the model would indicate that going back to Colin Morikawa is a bit better. His ceiling, uh, incredibly high as we saw at the PGA championship. Uh, we've seen him win golf tournaments on the PGA tour more frequently recently than Hideki Matsuyama has. Uh, the model likes Morikawa's ceiling better than it likes Hideki's ceiling by a pretty significant margin, nearly, um, you know, over three full strokes, better strokes gained better in terms of what their ceiling are ceiling is. So Colin, I see right now, 26 to one. I think that's interesting, but what I did and, and I'll still, I'll still consider more cow. I think that's an interesting one. Uh, what I did is I jumped down to the forties. Uh, Sung opened up at 45. He's still hanging strong there. Uh, winner on the PGA tour. I, I've talked about him all week long. I don't think I need to rehash everything. He's playing well from T to green, which is exactly what he was doing back in March when he was, you know, unstoppable from Honda to API and he was just playing well and contending kind of everywhere. Um, that's what he did last week. And, and if that version of Sung Jay shows up in, in Vegas this week, like, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good week for him. 45 to one's pretty long. I snatched that up, but I wasn't really comfortable going any further than that on outrights. What I did do, uh, outside of outrights is I thought there was a couple of interesting uh, top 10 numbers hanging out there, uh, particularly Russell Henley. So let me just confirm his top 10 number. Uh, six to one is what I'm currently seeing, and that's what I got it at. Uh, you know, I, I've spoken kind of at length about him this week as well. You know, since the restart in this field, nobody's been better in strokes gained approach. He's not a very long hitter, uh, but if if it play if Shadow Creek plays the way that we think it might, which is not the 7500 yards on the scorecard, it's about closer to 7000 um being able to and, and then and then also the way that I think they can set up Shadow Creek um can require you to hit approaches fairly precise i don't think and of course we have very little data to go off of you know using dustin johnson's 66 is the course record and who knows how many rounds there's not a lot of rounds to get played there anyway this might be a 
I don't think it's going to be a birdie fest. I think it's going to be a bit more difficult. And they can set this up any way they want, but I do think it's going to require some precision with your approaches. And if that's the case, then Russell Henley, uh, you know, that's right into his into his ballpark, right? That's right into his wheelhouse. So uh, he's been playing well. He's got four four good finishes in a row. Two of them are top tens. Only seventy eight players in this field. Obviously, much deeper than anything he's played in uh, recently. But I thought that at six to one, that was a, a fairly a fairly uh, a fairly good bet. Matchups for this week. Uh, let's go over the head to head matchup tool here and. I'm going to reset my date range to be since the start of 2019. And, and I've got one I already want to, I might have to adjust already. Um, Morikawa versus Wolf. It, it's so incredibly interesting. You know, the three guys who come out together, Wolfie, uh, Morikawa, and Hovland, um, you know, I feel like I've gone back and forth on on which one has been the best. You know, Morikawa came out and it was like, okay, he's he's probably pretty clearly the best one. And then Hovland's just been tee to green, tee to greening everything to death on the PGA Tour. And I was like, wow, he might be the best one or he might end up being the best one. And then Matthew Wolf, who's been on this just meteoric rise, now now maybe he's the best one. He's like to 11th in the world or 12th in the world or something like that. I mean, it's 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 unbelievably incredible what these guys are doing. But Wolf again riding this hot streak, right? And maybe it's not a hot streak. I've, I've, I've discussed he's actually very hard to model because he's getting so good so quickly that like this head-to-head matchup simulator, which only, which I'm, I'm looking back to the start of 2019 right now, you know, it, he might be outpacing this model. He might be breaking it a little bit. I'll move it to uh, 2020 in a second. But what I'm getting at here is Matthew Wolf being minus 125 against... Colin Morikawa at plus 105 is pretty interesting. Now, if you use a long, if you use basically their careers, Morikawa is projected to win this about 60.5% of the time. That's pretty significant in a four round matchup. That should put his money line about minus 153. He's plus 105. So if you, if you stop there, Morikawa very clearly the bet over Matthew Wolf this week. Now, if you start to embrace a bit more volatility, if you start to say that, hey, Matthew Wolf is improving at a rate that is really incredible, and you open this up to uh, since the start of 2020, Morikawa is still ahead. Uh, I have Morikawa still ahead here, but it's it's getting shorter, fifty seven percent. And then the 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 more narrow and the more recent I make this, I think yeah, it's going to start to flip. So if we go if we go since the restart, if you want to use that as your as your date range, now it flips to Matthew Wolf being about a sixty three percent favorite. So what's the answer? Um, I think. This is weird because Matthew Wolf is such a unique golfer and he's such a difficult one to model, but I do think that you are paying the almost the 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 highest price, the biggest premium you could pay on Matthew Wolf right now. Uh, as much as I love him, I think Morikawa and the plus side of the money here in this matchup is absolutely the way to go. Um, what else do we have here? Let's do, there's a lot of really good ones. Kokrak versus Neiman. Harmon versus Poulter. That's kind of weird. Day versus Fowler again. Weren't they the the matchup last week? Wasn't there a Day versus Fowler last week? Let's plug this in. 
I have it pretty close. I have Ricky Fowler winning this 51.7% of the time. Uh, I see him at plus 100. Jason Day is minus 120. So uh, I have Fowler uh, projected as the favorite. He is the underdog, but it's not really enough to move the needle for me. The good news for Fowler, I think, is um, yes, he missed the cut last week. Yes, it was ugly, but... I mean, he played two holes at five over, I think, and he played, he hit like three balls in the water on two consecutive holes. I'd almost rather have a really bad blow up like that than a guy who makes six bogeys in a round, something like that. So I don't know. I think I think Fowler is one of the more interesting stories moving forward to try to figure out what type of shape his game is in as we get into, I mean, this is, we're starting a very important stretch of golf for these guys. It'll be interesting to see how he comes out and responds this week uh let's do xander versus Cantlay. that's a pretty good one right this will be our last one so we'll do shoffley versus Cantlay. and oh i have this razor thin i have xander at 50.67 and he is a pretty significant favorite on DraftKings at the moment now again i think the closer we go to current day the shorter we make this kind of look back period uh, I think, yeah, this is what Xander's going to start to become a bigger and bigger favorite. So if we basically do the year of 2020, Xander now moves to about 60% to win this head to head matchup, which would put him at minus 147. So if this, if you're comfortable embracing a bit more volatility, if you're comfortable looking at a more recent run of golf, I think this does make the lean to Xander Shoffley. Uh, not as big of a difference as maybe the Morikawa over Wolf bet, uh, uh, certainly better than the day and 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 Fowler matchup. This one's probably bettable, uh, and I think the side continues to be Xander Shoffley. Let's do a quick one and done update here. So the run good one and done. Uh, you can get your pick in for the CJ Cup right now. We had we had somebody Evatch. Evatch was the only person who had Martin Laird last week. How'd you do it, Evatch? Congrats, my man. Got you 1.26 million. There were a lot, as you can imagine, of Matthew Wolf entries. That got you 623,000. But Sweet Dank holding strong. Let's see who he had last week. Let's do... So Sweet Dank had... Hideki and has missed the cut. So our leader for three weeks uh, has taken a goose egg in both week four and week five. So he's not moved off that 2.3 number. Logan Dempsey closing the gap a little bit. Let's see what he did last week. Uh, Zero at the Sanderson Farms and got 16,000 out of Denny McCarthy, closing the gap a little bit. Um, And then, you know, there are some names down here. You know, Evatch jumps up in a big way. He's now at 1.3 million. So it is getting tighter at the top. Obviously, there's what? uh, I don't know, 45 events to go, something like that. 43 maybe. I don't think we do every single one of them. But um, congrats to those guys. Uh, Looking forward to this week. This is a really interesting week. So we're at this precipice here. uh, And I want to pull up the schedule and make sure that I get this right. If you're not in the run good one and done, your one and done probably is ending around Masters week. So if that's the case, you have five tournaments remaining. You have CJ Cup, Zozo, Bermuda, if Bermuda's on your schedule, Houston, and then Augusta. 
what's really notable about the CJ Cup is this is a big prize pool. Significant purse, $9.75 million. Uh, it is actually, according to the official PGA Tour website right now, it is actually going to be a larger pool than next week at the Zozo. Now, I think the winner shares might be similar those two weeks, uh, but the 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 purse at Zozo is only $8 million, which no, then the winner shares can't be. I think they lowered this purse. I think the Zozo's purse got smaller from last year. Uh, so this is this is an opportunity right now. So now uh, so now CJ Cup is going to be the biggest purse between now and Augusta, right? Augusta will be oh man, I don't have it off the top of my head. Like I think first place is like two million, so it's probably ten, twelve ish million, something like that. So it is pretty significant. But this is a big week, especially because everyone's guaranteed money. There's only seventy eight players in the field, so I'm actually a a pretty big advocate for burning a stud now maybe the guy you were waiting for augusta maybe now's the time right because there's a lot of unknowns with augusta first of all um if that's your finale ever and, and even if it's not your finale even if you're in the run good one and done e- like like everyone's lining up augusta right they're saying okay it's rory it's whoever i've held on to it's whatever um you bring in a a, a bit of uh missing the cut concerns right i mean most guys make the cut at Augusta. It's usually a small field. There's a lot of past champions there. Uh, but also there's a lot of unknowns. Is it going to play a lot differently in November? You know, is Bryson just going to wedge this thing to death? There are actual concerns about Augusta uh, that, you know, we've never seen before with it being played in November. So could you consider taking the guy that you were going to use for Augusta and using him here? I think it's interesting. You know, uh, the fact that there's very little uh, of anybody who has experience around Shadow Creek, or at least in tournament conditions, it kind of levels the playing field a little bit. I don't mind burning that golfer. So uh, to narrow this list down a little bit, and again, you know, the run good one and done is, this is week six. You you basically have everybody. Um, I, I am actually considering using Xander here. Um, I, I think that you'd, I think that I'm going to be okay later. I'm going to be okay at majors. I'm going to have plenty of guys left. I think that, uh, he's playing some of the best golf in the world right now. You get him at a no cut event and I can still save DJ Rom, JT, Rory. Um, you know, I can see what Kepka's going to be up to, uh, making this return. I can save more Akawa, right? I can save all of these guys and still get someone who has a huge chunk of chunk of the win equity this week. So I think that I've settled on Xander Shoffley. Uh, there really are no natural fits, right? I mean, we, we don't have any history here. You could, um, you could probably convince me that if you didn't use Matthew Wolf last week, this is probably a good spot for him. Not only is he 22 to one, not only is he playing beautifully at the moment, but I, I think I mentioned this on the DFS video, you know, the young guys who have no experience at any of these courses, it, it kind of, again, levels the playing field this week. Um, and and I've heard people trying to say like, hey, should I save Wolf for Augusta? Isn't he just going to tear it apart? Listen, it's hard for first timers or young guys to win at Augusta, uh, especially with the 
kind of iffy putting stroke that Matthew Wolf has. I'm not thrilled to run him out there, and I might be wrong, right? He's 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 outpacing every expectation that I have of him. Um, so we'll see, but I, I think I'd rather use him here. Looking at the rest of this field, I, I mean, I, you can make a case for a lot of these guys. I just probably wouldn't use, you know, DJ Rom, JT Rory, right? I think you're just better off saving those guys for probably further down the road, maybe saving it for, again, in the run good one and done where we have many majors left to play, uh, many WGCs left to play. I think I think you probably just want to hang on to those guys. Um, like someone like a Scotty Scheffler is pretty interesting if you haven't burned him yet. You know, he's 41 to 1. Um, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but he's another guy that was like, he shot like 69, 67 and missed the cut again last week, I think. Uh, you know, he's still he's still now only two weeks back from his uh, positive COVID test. Let's see what he did. I think he missed the cut last week. Yeah, he did. Missed the cut last week, 37th the week before. But remember how hot he was? And remember how he was showing up at the PGA Championship, the Tour Championship, the Northern Trust, where you're getting similar type fields as to what you're going to get this week. Now he's all but forgotten about, and he doesn't have a natural fit, right? So if you've been hanging on to Scotty, this might be a good time to deploy him. That's kind of where I'm at. I mean, you can make a case for a lot of these guys. It's early in the year. Everybody is available. But I've I've laser focused in on Xander. Um, I might flip a coin and go to Wolfie. And then if I really want to get freaky, uh, I'd probably go with Scotty is kind of the way that I'm that I'm thinking about this. Uh, let me know what you think. Tweet me at Rick Rungood or leave a comment below. Best of luck this week. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Later.